0: who
1: Welcome to worship. Our heavenly host invites us to gather together as a family of faith. Each in our different points along our journey, we gather together in this place that dwells on Treaty One territory, where for centuries the families of the Dakota, Cree, Ojibwe, Dene, Hidatsa, and Anishinaabe and Métis people gathered together and stewarded these lands. The glory of these 40 days we celebrate with songs of praise. For Christ, by whom all things were made, himself has fasted and has prayed. So grant, O God, that we may too return in prayer and fast to you. Our spirit's strength with your grace, and give us joy to see your face.
2: Good morning. As we enter into this morning's worship service, we invite you to set aside that which has caused you stress this week. Breathe deeply and allow the Lord to carry your burden. Open your heart to feel the depths of God's mercy and God's grace. Let's begin with number nine and voices together. Come away from rush and hurry. Please stand.
3: Service, we are
1: led. Let's say our call to worship together. The words will be up on the screen. Be able to read along. Sing together, celebrate God. All God protects us, God forgives us and covers our sins. Therefore, let all God's people pray with thanksgiving and worship God.
2: Let's stand once again if you're able and join together in voices together, number 84, to God be the glory.
4: Psalms 139, selected verses. Lord, you have seen what is in my heart. You know all about me. You know when I sit down and when I get up. You know what I am thinking, even though you are far away. You know when I go out to work and when I come back home. You know exactly how I live. You are all around me, behind me, and in front of me. You hold me safe in your right hand. You created the deepest parts of my being. You knit me together inside my mother's womb. How you made me is amazing and wonderful. I praise you for that. What you have done is wonderful. I know that very well. God, see what is in my heart. Know what is there. Test me. Know what I am thinking. See if there is anything in my life that you do not like. Help me live the way that is always right.
2: Kyrie eleison is a Greek phrase which translates as Lord, have mercy. Number 147 in Voices Together will sing through the song twice, hear the prayer of confession, and then sing through it one more time.
1: Be a time of silent confession, I invite you to sit in silence with your hands open in a posture of release and receiving. Lord, our desire for control has separated us from you. In our stubborn independence, we have turned from your love. We hide our failure and guilt, yet we feel their weight both day and night. Here and now, We acknowledge our sins before you and reveal our transgressions. We confess to the Lord. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven. Our slate is wiped clean. We are free to follow Jesus in obedience and experience love in every test. Amen.
5: I would like to invite the children to come forward for a children's story here first, and then we will do coins count. Good. Good morning, everybody. How are you today? Good. I got three stories for you today. They all took place when I was in university, living with my friends, and the person who lived right in the room next to me in our house, his name was D. Graham. That's a little too obvious. David G., David and I were good friends, and once in a while we decided to play some jokes on each other. So one day, when David was asleep, me and another friend, we snuck into his room with 200 cups, and we filled them all up with water and filled his entire floor of his room with cups filled with water. But before we had done that, we had taken my alarm clock and put it under his bed and set it to go off at four in the morning. So David went to bed. I barely slept with excitement. (laughs) And all of a sudden at four in the morning, beep, 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 beep. This is before phones, so we didn't have nice music playing. Beep, beep. And David was laying down and he... Huh? What's going on? And he went, poof! And there was water everywhere. He's like, (laughs) ah! It didn't work out well for me because David has long legs, so he was able to step over like seven feet of cups. And then at four in the morning, he woke me up with water in my face. But David and I had an opportunity to be very angry with each other at that point. (laughs) But we kept doing it. One day I came home, and I went to my room, where my bed was there, and my dresser, my laundry basket, my textbooks, lots of clothes were on the floor, usually in my room in university. And I went to my room, and it was empty. Empty! Everything in my room was gone. What had they done? I looked outside. Nothing. Few. good call. I went up to the attic because it was a walk-up attic. Nothing. It's like, where is my stuff? They had moved it all to the porch and had set up my entire bedroom in the porch, plugged in the alarm clock and set the time and everything, folded the mattresses, folded the blankets on top, and then they sat there and watched me carry all my stuff up back to my room. I was not happy about that one, should have been, wasn't, so I also had a chance to be angry, but the best one, the best one, one day when David was at work, David G., you don't know who he is though, right? Good. David G. went at work and I snuck into his room and I took a t-shirt from his drawer and I put it in a laundry basket and I hid it in the attic. And the next day, when David G was at work, I went into his room and I took a pair of socks and I put them in the attic. And the next day, I took a pair of pants and the next day I took a pair of underwear. And then next day, I took a T-shirt and the next day, a sweater and the next day, some shorts and the next day a T-shirt and the next day, some socks and the next day more socks. And then the next day, I was doing laundry and I found his clothes were in the dryer. So half of those clothes stayed in the dryer and the other half went to the attic. Every day, I was taking one piece of clothing, sometimes two. Forty days later, there was 56 pieces of clothing in the attic. My beloved friend was down to three pairs of underwear, doing his laundry every three days, wondering what was going on. And then I made the biggest mistake that I made. I took a sweater that he never wore. It was in his closet, and then it was gone one day, and he noticed it. So he comes up to me and he says, Kyle, have you seen my CMU hoodie? And I went, no. (laughs) And he looked at me. And then I was in my bed trying to sleep. And I heard footsteps walking up the attic. And I thought, oh boy, here it comes. And he opens the closet in the attic and he found a pile of clothes, his clothes, (laughs) like this. There was the pause. And then there was some loud footsteps down. And then, as university pr- students might do, he proceeded to very politely beat me up. <laughs> and all I could do was just laugh. I couldn't even fight back because I could just go in the fetal position because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> and he found all of his clothes again. So he had the chance to be very mad after I had done that for 40 days. And yeah... Sometimes, Jesus says that we should forgive people. No, always Jesus says we we should forgive people. (laughs) Sometimes, we do things that hurt each other, and sometimes, other people do things to us. And when those things happen, we can get really mad, really angry, and we chose this red color today for really red in the face. (laughs) Here we get red in the face, or your siblings get red in the face when you're mad. (laughs) And often when you have a chance to calm down, one of you can go to the, often goes to the other and says, I'm sorry. Or one of you goes to the other and says, I really hurt you. And one of you can go to the other and say, I forgive you. It's okay. I'm sorry. We won't do that again, but we will be better towards each other. And that's when we do that, that's kind of what Jesus wants us to do. Yeah, in the attic, yeah, yeah. And sometimes when it's really hard to forgive someone because they did something really mean, like hide our clothes for 40 days in the attic, we can ask God to help us forgive because that is what Jesus wants us to do. Why were his clothes in the attic? Because I hid them there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was going to his friend's house thinking he was leaving his clothes at his friend's house. It was quite humorous for 40 days. So we're gonna learn a prayer together though, okay? And this is gonna be our prayer for Lent and all the adults are gonna join me as well, okay? So is it on the screen behind me? It will not be on the screen. We did not send that. Next week, I will do it with you now. So you're gonna turn off by lifting your hands up like this, okay? So and I'll just say it with you since you can't say it with me. Thank you, God, for creating us. And then I want you to go like this, because we can choose, and then today this is, we can choose if we want to forgive each other or not when we make each other angry. Then you go like this, we can connect with each other, and then we can create, like we're molding things with clay, we're making things, and then we can say, Jesus continues to work in us and through us, and then we say, it's incredible, thank you God. So, that was just the introduction. It's going to work better when it's on the screen. That's okay. Next week we'll get that for you. So, now we will do Coins Count, which you're all very excited about. Hang on one second, a couple of instructions. If you have not come here before, we collect coins and money for Coins Count. That money goes to MCC. They give money to farmers. Farmers grow some food. That food puts some seeds in the ground. Those seeds grow. They sell that food and give that money to an organization called Canada Food Grains Bank, which matches at four to one, plus somebody has offered to match all of our coins this year. So in the previous years, one dollar that we collect for coins count ends up being between five and $20 worth of food for people who don't have food around the world. So this is a chance for us to take all of our coins and really help them grow to make sure that the world's a better place for everyone. So I'm gonna get the stuff. Um, this is the first Sunday, so we don't, might not have a lot of coins, um, so let the little kids collect the coins first, or if you were handing out coins, don't give them all to the biggest, fastest kids, please. And Mel's going to sing our favorite song, too, while we're doing it.
6: <laughs> start here. I'm, I'm going to start
7: here. The coins count. G, the coins count.
6: Okay, everyone. We've done this every year, and every year I kind of mess up as we try to start. Yesterday I was trying to figure out whether we're too high or too low as we sing. And it won't be me all the time. We'll get other people doing this too, so you'll be relieved of me. Anyway, we're going to sing it. Those of you who know it, you've done it before. Those of you who don't, you're going to learn it. So let's um, let's start to sing as the kids start to collect. My coins
7: count, coins count, coins count, coins count. Sittin' in my pocket when make could be doing good. My coins count, my coins count, coins count, coins count. Coins count. We can make a difference in the world. If we look around, there are people that we see all around the world. Needing food and water and a chance to live in peace. God will make a difference in the world. My coins count. count. My coins count. count. Sitting in my pocket when they could be doing good. My coins coins count. My coins count. God will make a difference in the world. we got it now. The gifts that we are given, they are given to be shared all around the world. It doesn't matter if they're big or small, if users care, we can make a difference in the world. My coins count. Coins count. My coins count. coins count. Sitting in my pocket when they could be doing good. My coins count. My coins count. My coins count. God will make a difference in the world. When we work together, there's a lot we can achieve all around the world. Witnessing to others that we live what we believe, we can make a difference in the world. My coins count, my coins count, sitting in my pocket when they could be doing good. My coins count, my coins count. God will make a difference in the world. My coins count, my coins count. Sitting in the pocket when they could be doing good. My coins count, my coins count. God will make a difference in the world.
1: All right, in the life of the congregation, um, some of you who, who are maybe newer here might wonder um, some of the symbols that happen, and this, having the bell up here is a good reminder for us to, to remember that there is adult formation happening, and uh, so when you hear the bell ringing after the service, that's your, your signal to go downstairs, and uh, today it's going to be part three. Of the book discussion on brian mclaren 's do I stay christian and uh, and so if you uh, when you hear the bell, you can make your way down the stairs and it 's uh, the room just as you go down and then on the right hand side there room twenty six if you 're looking to uh, host a Ukra- uh, help host a Ukrainian family, please contact Kurt Penner. The contact information is in the bulletin and uh, we do want to welcome nina paul's to the office uh, she 's uh, uh, taking on the, the task of administration there, and it's uh, really good to be able to see that. Uh, it was good this week already getting some emails uh, from her uh, regarding that. And then today is, uh, today is the day that you need to decide whether you're going to church camp. So uh, please uh, um, get that information as quickly as possible so that the organizers can, can plan that well and who's all going to be there. Let's uh, pray together. God, who deeply feels our joys and pains as if they were your own, in you our pleasures find meaning, in you our brokenness is made whole. We pray for our congregation that we may become witnesses to your reign of peace and reconciliation. We pray for those we know and hold dear experiencing loss, specifically the Clausen family. We pray for peace for Virginia Fast as she receives care at home. We pray for those that care for our community, for Agape House, Soups On, Southeast Helping Hands, Today House, Steinbeck Community Outreach, and Steinbeck Family Resource Center to mention a few. We pray for the world that you love, this world that Jesus longs to embrace. For warring nations, we pray for peace. For those who are impoverished, we pray for the gift of enough. For those who are affluent, we pray for the gift of generosity. For those in positions of leadership, we pray for wisdom and attentiveness to justice. All these fragments we offer to you, the one who gathers us all and makes us whole. Amen. And then as we've been in the, the, uh, the practice of doing, let's read our offering liturgy together. Lord, we abundantly lavish your, you abundantly lavish your love upon us. We are grateful for all we have been given. We want to respond by offering to you from what we have been given our Our money, materials, time, and abilities. Accept our offering in the name of Jesus.
6: Today, you've heard the number 40 a couple of times already, and um, we're entering the 40-day period that um, is Lent, um, the 40 days before Easter. We began um, with Ash Wednesday this past Wednesday here, um, and some folks came to have ashes put on their hands or foreheads. If you take a look at the um, insert in your bulletin, it gives you just a real short explanation of what uh, we do during Lent talks about a little bit about a goal for lent if maybe um there's a time or something that you would like to add or take away as you um, walk this journey of forty days towards easter it's a time for us to remember um, christ's sufferings and our own um, culminating in easter celebration of resurrection that um, god in christ does bring life out of death so you can um, take a look at that and maybe you've practiced something in lent before if not you can come and ask me about it um it's something that i like to try and do and find meaningful along with that if you look on the other side of it um, the, the insert um, Kyle this year is going to be um, giving us a suggestion there's an app there that you can download in which you could learn and practice centering prayer kind of prayer that you could practice during these forty days to draw closer to God and let God draw closer to you Um, Kyle was going to say if you're interested in that or if you want to come here and talk about it and learn a bit about Centering Prayer, he could be here. He doesn't want to conflict with Dennis' formation, but if there are some, you come here and he'll have a short time of uh, talking with you about that. And then he also says there if you're interested in trying to gather, you know, um, if others of you are doing it, not even coming here, but just doing it and going home and doing it, connect with him. And then maybe he can connect you and and, uh, you can share your experiences with that. Finally, as you'll see here, the table's been nicely set again for Lent. Um, It's um, not necessarily greenery, that comes at Easter, but we find rocks and lumber, and we find seven candles, whereas in Advent, we light candles as we get ready for um, the coming of Christ, and we anticipate. Um, This time, as we go towards Easter, we are anticipating Jesus' sufferings and death, so we will um, extinguish a candle each week as symbolic of that. So hope you'll find Lent meaningful in some way, and like I said, if you want to chat about it or, or learn more about it, you can talk with Kyle or I. Gary,
1: let's go ahead.
8: Good morning. At Little Bits of Grace last month, we were sitting around and Mel asked a question about faith disciplines. I was feeling pretty January and felt the disappointment of my post-Christmas faith practices. I didn't really want to think about disciplines. I mean, what is it we do anyways? It never is as much as I feel like I'm called to do. January, January. So I started to list the things we do in our household. We pray before every meal. We pray before bed. We try really hard to do a devotional every day with a little gang. Jesus Always by Sarah Young. I have been really happy with it because it always hits the spot when we read it. And I come away from that reinvigorated and refilled on my Christian walk. And we try and listen to Father Mike when we have a quiet moment. Quiet moment, right? Uh, mostly while we were making dinner. During the COVID lockdowns, uh, Father Mike made a podcast of himself going through the Bible in a year, doing readings with a short reflection and a prayer. He's Catholic and American. So, his lens is a little bit different than my Canadian Protestant Mennonite lens. But we are looking in the same direction. And gosh, it's pretty good to get input from other sources to help remember that there is so great a cloud of witnesses. I was able to shake off some of that January blues that day. And it was good for me to remember that my gang are walking after Jesus and it takes little steps every day to walk.
2: Number 309, fill us with your feast. Please stand and sing with us if you're able.
1: Matthew 18, starting at 21. At that point, Peter got the nerve to ask, Master, how many times do I forgive a brother or sister who hurts me? Seven. Jesus replied, seven? Hardly. Try 70 times seven. The kingdom of God is like a king who decided... "'to square accounts with his servants. "'As he got underway, one servant was brought before him "'who had run up a debt of $100,000. "'He couldn't pay up, so the king ordered the man, "'along with his wife, children, and goods, "'to be auctioned off at the slave market. "'The poor wretch threw himself at the king's feet and begged, "'Give me a chance, and I'll pay it back. "'Touched by his plea, the king let him off, "'erasing the debt.' The servant was no sooner out of the room when he came upon one of his fellow servants who owed him $10. He seized him by the throat and demanded, Pay up now! The poor wretch threw himself down and begged, Give me a chance and I'll pay it all back. But he wouldn't do it. He had him arrested and put in jail until the debt was paid. When the other servants saw this going on, they were outraged and brought a detailed report to the king. King summoned the man and said, you evil servant, I forgave your entire debt when you begged me for for mercy. Shouldn't you be compelled to be merciful to your fellow servant who asked for mercy? The king was furious and put the screws to the man until he paid back his entire debt. And that's exactly what my Father in heaven is going to do to each one of you who doesn't forgive unconditionally anyone who asks for mercy.
5: In October, I remembered thinking, oh yeah, we were in a pandemic and we all experienced lots of big feelings. Don't worry, don't panic. But I had taken a few months off the Internet over the summer, and I, but I was curious as to what was still going on in the nooks and crannies of that place. So fully acknowledging that social media is designed to highlight the extreme voices from the spectrum, that we all live in our own echo chambers online, and that most internet memes are basically variations of, I'm right and you are stupid, I went to see what some of these folks over here were saying. I am so disappointed and mad. How could they do this? I will never forgive them. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. And then I went to see what some of these folk over here were saying. I'm so disappointed and mad. How could they do this? I will never forgive them. Cool, 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 cool. (laughs) And then I thought about how my grade seven teacher, Wayne Neufeld, taught us that the left-right spectrum is not a straight line, but rather a circle where they meet in the bottom And in this case, they meet in the bottom of the place with Amy Poehler, who is saying, I will never forgive. And when I saw this, my second thought was, gosh, we all need Jesus. (laughs) But then I realized that actually many of us already have Jesus, and apparently either we don't know what he said about forgiveness, we forget what he said about forgiveness, Or maybe actually, darn the consequences, we don't give a rip about what he said about forgiveness. And then Peter came to Jesus, how many times shall I forgive? Seven? And Jesus said, no, seven, or 77, or seven times seven, depends on the translation. But I think after 77, it doesn't really matter at that point, does it? How pumped are any of us to ask for forgiveness 490 times. There are two tracks here worth following. The first is forgiveness, where we have been hurt or harmed, and we say, I forgive you. I find the phrase forgive and forget to be terrible, banish it from the English lexicon, because forgetting means that we kind of just set ourselves up again to be hurt again, and the person who did the harm has not done the work But I have found this to be more helpful. Forgiveness is giving up my right to hold your sin against you. It's choosing to give up anger and grudges, desires of revenge. It's a conscious choice to release feelings of vengeance and resentment. And for the little hurts, like university pranks on our roommates, it can be pretty easy. But for the big hurts, oh, that becomes much harder, doesn't it? And the other track is repentance. This is where we acknowledge the wrongs that we did, and we do the work to not do it again. And when possible, without causing more harm, we apologize to the victim for what we did, and we ask for forgiveness and make amends. You can't go and say, you have to forgive me. That's not allowed. You are allowed to go and say, I hurt you, and all I can do is ask for your forgiveness. Because the person can choose to give it or not. This is actually step eight of the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. And for the little hurts that we have caused when we stole our roommate's clothes, well, this can be easy to forgive. But for the big hurts that we've caused, well, that becomes much more difficult, doesn't it? I like to think that both of these tracks, forgiveness and repentance, can be summed up like this. Over here for forgiveness, we can make a list of the people who have hurt us and we can work towards forgiveness. And over here, we can make the lists of the people that we have hurt and we can ask for forgiveness. And I'm not sure which is easier, actually. But I do know that if you were to ask me to do either of these, my first response would be, is there a third option? Can I eat glass instead? Because maybe forgiveness and repentance is asking the impossible of us, especially as the hurts get bigger. One of my prayer practices, or my mindfulness practice, is to notice when I get defensive, to notice when there is resistance inside of me, to pay attention to the moments where I would rather eat glass than grant forgiveness or seek repentance. And it's here, in these moments, where I've learned to name that it's my ego running the show, it's my pride, it's my inflated sense of self-worth and righteousness. It's here where the ego is in charge. Jesus has a line in the Garden of Gethsemane when his disciples fell asleep. He says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is so weak. This is my mantra in summer on Monday nights. I play ultimate frisbee (laughs) in summer on Monday nights. And you're on opposite sides of the field, and you got to, like, pick the person you're covering. And then there's always some 20-year-old with a man bun named Liam. (laughs) And he picks me to cover because he thinks he can leave that old balding man in the dust. And as I suck air, chasing after Liam, who is now wide open in the end zone, like he's floating on grass, I realize that Liam with a man bun probably made the right choice. My spirit is very willing, but my flesh is oh so weak. But over the years, I've learned that flesh is maybe better understood as ego. And then when I really notice that I would rather eat glass than work through the implications of forgiveness and repentance, I realize that it's my ego running the show. W.H. Auden wrote this, we would rather be ruined than change. We would rather die in our dread than climb the cross of the present and let our illusions die. Mr. Auden died uh, 50 years ago, and I was politely told by one of my friends that I was quoting too many men in my sermons, and so for the next quote, we have Taylor Swift saying the exact same thing. (laughs) I will stare directly at the sun, but never in the mirror So good. As long as we are not looking in the mirror, as long as our egos are in charge, as long as we cling to how we were wronged and how that other person makes us angry for what they did, as long as we resist making amends for the harm that we have caused, especially to that person who really makes us angry, forgiveness really does start to become impossible, doesn't it? But it's here where the task in front of us is impossible, Where we are in a place of, but I can't, or in a place of, but I don't want to. I've played with those two phrases a lot, wondering how they're different and how they're the same and whether one leads to the other. And I think at their core, though, both I can't and I don't want to are both places of powerlessness. Now, for the I can't, that's kind of obvious, but the I don't want to kind of still gives us the illusion of control that we are in power. I don't want to forgive you. I can make that decision. But then I actually think that something else is still driving the bus, where we know that forgiveness is what might set us free, but there's something inside of us that's resisting it. It's powerlessness. We're still not in control. And maybe it's here, in this place of powerlessness, that God wants us, because only here can we admit that we aren't in control, that we can't willpower our way through everything, when we can't just try harder, it's here where our illusions are stripped away and that we can start to receive God's kingdom. Saying yes to God's kingdom means saying no to our own kingdom. And that can feel like surrender and that can feel like death. And I think that's where God can finally start working with us. Brennan Brown tells a story about a couple working through what it meant for them to forgive each other after some pretty big moments of betrayal and mistrust. And she says, in order, to for, in order for forgiveness to happen, something has to die. If you make a choice to forgive, you have to face the pain. You simply have to hurt. And forgiveness is so difficult because it involves death and grief and letting go of our right to be angry letting go of our sense of pride. We may need to relinquish the power that comes with being right. We may need to put to rest the idea that we can do what's in our hearts and still retain the approval of others. Whatever it is, for forgiveness, for repentance, for the kingdom of God, something that we cling to has to die. And surrender will always feel like dying, yet it is the path to liberation. Today is the first Sunday of Lent, the six week journey to the cross, where, as we know, Jesus dies. And we know how that story ends on Easter morning, but there is no resurrection without death. There is no resurrection without death. And so during Lent we remember the journey that we, we remember that Jesus journeys to the cross, to his death. And so we, too, journey down our own paths of forgiveness, our own paths of repentance, our own paths of surrender, our own paths of little deaths. In the moments where we realize that we cannot do this journey, or that we do not want to do this journey, this is actually a place for us to say, God, help. Help me to forgive. Help me to seek repentance. I'm powerless. Help. And then we also trust that after we surrender a little and getting our egos out of the way instead of eating glass, and we trust that maybe even if we die a little, it's here where we can start to experience God's liberation and God's freedom and God's forgiveness. I'm going to invite you to join me in a 30-second prayer. And um, yeah, just follow along. So I want you to close your eyes. Think about forgiveness and the people who have hurt you. Think about repentance and the people that we have hurt. And as names come to mind, pay attention to which way our hearts are leaning and ask for God's help. And we trust that it's here in these moments of powerlessness that maybe that is where God wants us to be. Amen.
2: Holy God, Kyrie eleison, Lord, have mercy, and help us to show your mercy to others, Lord. Number 169, Mercy, Mercy, Lord, please stand and sing with us as you're able, and uh, remain standing for the benediction.
1: together. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds those who trust in God. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. The Lord's unfailing love surrounds those who trust in